This is the Find Your Forte podcast, Technique Tuesday. You have the passion. You have the education. Now it's time for the inspiration. Get ready to step up to the podium with purpose. This is the Find Your Forte podcast with choral director and lifestyle entrepreneur, Ryan Guth. Hey there, Choir Nation. This is Ryan Guth with the Find Your Forte podcast, and I am very delighted to have with me today Catherine Cole. Uh, Now, Catherine is joining me from Springfield, Missouri, where she is a choral director, uh, and we'll hear a little bit more about about Catherine's program in just a bit, but I wanted to let you know this this is an episode that is especially important when it comes to um, the buy-in. Now, we talk about the buy-in a lot on the podcast, but we talk about it as it relates to students, not necessarily as it relates to to other educational stakeholders, uh, such as administrators, parents, and and so forth. So, uh, Catherine has a couple specific examples of how she has been able to get uh, her school administrators to really buy into some big ideas in her program. And so she's joining me today, and she's going to help uh, drop some value bombs uh, on you all in Choir Nation uh, and as, as to how you can sell those big ideas to your educational stakeholders where you are teaching or directing. So, uh, Catherine, thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me. It's going to be fun. So, Catherine, uh, just in a nutshell, explain to me Reader's Digest version uh, a little bit about where you work, what your, what your program's like, you know, in less than a minute. Sure, absolutely. So, I'm the director of vocal music at Bolivar Middle School in Bolivar, Missouri, which is about 20 minutes north of Springfield. I live in Springfield and I commute to Bolivar. And I teach grades 6th, 7th, and 8th. Um, and yeah, I do choir in all three grades, and I also do piano lab. I have two sections of piano lab, so uh, that's kind of what I do dur- during the school day. Okay, awesome. So, what were the uh, what were the couple stories that you had? I mean, what, the first one, I know you were we were talking about uh, actually that piano lab that you just mentioned, right? Yeah, is that getting that started? Yes. Okay. So I'll, I'll go kind of like a big, bigger and biggest kind of situation. Okay. So one of the big, big things that we did last year was to institute a piano lab in my school. And it's, uh, it's been a pretty cool thing. And then, so the bigger of that was, um, actually I had a show choir as part of my, uh, situation, uh, when they hired me and I was uh, able to convince my administrators that we needed to, uh, kind of transition that from, and that meets on Tuesdays and Thursdays before school. And so I was able to convince my administrators that we needed to transition that to gender choirs before school, actually. Um, because as we know, all of the research points to, uh, adolescent students being most successful in the choral setting when they're with their own gender. So, um, I really wanted to give my students that opportunity because we weren't able to make it during the school day. So first was kind of the piano lab. Then believe it or not, letting go of that show choir was kind of a big thing for our community. And then the biggest thing that we were able to do last year is, uh, I took a group of students to go perform in New York at Carnegie hall. So that was pretty exciting and it all happened in one year and, uh, it was a crazy time, but it was, it was good. Now, how long had you been there at that point? So I'm starting my third year there, actually. This, well, this is my third year. So I was a second year, still pretty new, new kid on the block, um, second year last year. So, okay. So, I mean, it, it seems like that's 
pretty early on in your career to uh-huh. be making so many changes in one year because they always say, oh, you know, you got to, you know, you got to really just just do these kind of things slowly and, right. and so forth. Um, so, to what what do you credit as being the reason for getting these three things passed in, pretty much in the same year? I think it was student buy-in in the beginning. I spent my first year just really figuring out how to build relationship with, relationships with students and figuring out how do I make kids love their experience in this classroom. Um, and I think that is something that I've grown into. And I think when a kid goes home and talks to their parents about how much they love being in a classroom, um, I think that immediately builds rapport with the parent without ever you without you ever meeting that parent face to face face to face. Um, so I think that that was part of it. And uh, I don't know. It was just it was just I think maybe my personality. I think people people thought I was just crazy enough to do things, you know. And uh, so I have a I have a pretty go getter personality. And uh, I think I think there was just a lot of buy in. I think I think that's kind of where it all started is just getting kids to buy into the idea of singing. And then, Hey, this is a pretty cool place where, uh, lots of cool things can happen. So let's, let's see, let's dream big. Let's not, you know, just stay in a very small minded kind of situation of what a middle school choral program should look like. So, so do do you feel like you, um, I don't know. Do you feel like you had to like, was there a, a pitch or was there like a presentation sure. or I, oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, yeah, you, yeah. you give me some big, some big picture answers, but like what exactly? Yeah. So let's, let's talk about details. I have yeah. kind of, um, I have kind of five things that I wanted to, I wanted to kind of touch on. Um, the first, the first thing is don't be scared of the big idea. If you know, there's a big dream and a big idea in your heart and in your brain, um, that came to you for a reason um, and I think that the, just the, just the not being afraid of, well, we've always done it this way before. I think that's, you know, obviously uh, a big thing. And then more technical things. I think you need to plan a year to 18 months in a, ahead, <laughs> which is something that when I went, I had, I had taken a group of students to New York before in my previous job. And I knew that I wanted to give my students that opportunity. And I had a friend of mine who called me and said, Hey, we're doing this. He called me, I think in May of last year and said, Hey, we're doing, or May or April of last year and said, Hey, we're doing this concert in June of 2016. Would you like to come? And I said, absolutely. So I, I put the bug in my administrator's ear. And I think that, I think that the earlier you can, I think that the earlier you can plant seeds and say, Hey, what do you think about this idea? Um, and just be an idea person. Uh, I think that's, I think that's something that is really, really going to change, um, the change your, the course of your, your success there. Um, the next thing that that's probably the most crucial, especially when we're talking about public school education is you got to follow the chain of command. Um, that's the biggest thing is you can't just waltz into your superintendent's office. And I work in a small, a, a fairly small district. Um, so the first person, the first people I started talking to were my fellow music teachers. And I said, Hey, has this ever been done before? Cause I was new to the district. Has this ever been done before? Is this something that the community would get behind? Is this something that our administrators would get behind? And they said, you know, it's pretty far fetched to take kids, you know, across the United States to sing at Carnegie hall, but it's not that we can't. 
Um, and so I just went to my principal and I said, Hey, and he and I had, a, you know, I think that first year is all about building relationships, not only with your kids, but also just with your administrator. I think the more you keep the communication open, the better. Um, I always put newsletters directly in his box. All the, all the stuff that I, that went home was always in his box. So he knew, uh, what was going on, which was pretty cool. So, um, I think I think that 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 part of it, developing that really good relationship with your principal, is is crucial. Um, well, can we stop and, there for a second? Because for sure. because Absolutely. if if you're you're keeping line of communication open with them, but in a way that is non invasive, right? So sure. so you're you're just you're dropping correspondence in the mailbox and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, like I'm assuming you don't come from a gigantic a gigantic school, but uh-huh. um, you know, and I'm working in middle school. Previously, they have a little sure. bit more time um, to deal with you than you know than like a like a high school. Sure. Like where, where I currently am, I barely see my principal. Um, right. I mean, even at events that are school wide events, I barely see my principal just because of how busy she is. Uh, mm-hmm. But. Sure. But you know, by dropping the the newsletter in there and, and that little correspondence, you, it, it is some way of of staying connected, giving value to mm-hmm. that administrator without only coming to them when you need to ask for something. Oh, absolutely! Oh man, you gotta you've gotta you've gotta be proactive. You know, you've got to win friends and influence people in that way. You know, to borrow Carnegie again. But you you've got to you've got to seek out that relationship. And I also had an amazing uh, administrator. He's no longer our principal. He moved to a different district, but um, he was he was pretty awesome. If you if you have somebody like either in a high school setting, some that's not nearly as accessible, um, I think email is really powerful because even if they don't respond, they still see it. Um, I think social media is super powerful, especially now. Um, that's something that I need to get better at. I mean, the more you can tweet and Insta and Snapchat and everything, the, the stuff that's going on in your classroom, especially if you have administrators who are who are tech or pro tech, um, I think that is subtle ways of saying, "Hey, here's what we're doing," and you know, it's 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 it, you can only be successful if you are. Um, if you're being proactive, I think, um, and the, it's kind of like the squeaky wheel gets the grease a little bit, but not even in the requesting kind of thing, but just in the, Hey, here we are. Here's what we're doing. Right. You're staying uh, on the radar. Yeah, absolutely. You're staying on the radar. Um, and one thing that was really cool and my first year, I thought it was, it was both a blessing and a curse. I had lunch duty (laughs) and lunch duty was the loudest, most obnoxious thing, but it was also the best way to get kids to come sing because I would just go up to kids and I would say, why are you not in my program? You know, and why are you not singing for me? Sing, sing me happy birthday. And they would sing happy birthday. And I would say you're in. So, um, and my administrator will also do lunch duty. So we got, we got that chance to kind of chat every day. So that was a real help to me. So yeah, as lines of communication, even whether it's social media or email or verbal or even hard copy, whatever you can do to put, uh, to put the face of your program out there to your administrators and parents. Okay, so step step one, I guess, would be would be uh, foster a, a a strong relationship with your administrator, uh, so that you're in a good position to ask. Okay, so what Absolutely. what is step two? 
So then follow the chain of command from there. When you make the pitch to your administrator, to your principal, um, go in, go in with as much, uh, some go in with as much information as you can, but don't take a ton of time. So most principals or administrators like they want to know what you need and they want to know how quickly you can explain it. And, uh, and then if they want to follow up and have more information, I would say get your big picture situation first and then, uh, line out details later. Don't go in with a ton of details, go in and say, Hey, this is my big idea. I think that we can accomplish it in these three or four steps. What do you think? And just don't speak until, you know, until he has had, or she has had time to kind of chew on it and just, just kind of wait and see what the reaction is. Um, and, and then, then your administrator's job at that point, if they're a good administrator is to, is to say, okay, I think we can do this. Let's talk further about it. Maybe have a second meeting with more details. And then for us in our district specifically, um, our principal felt like we needed to submit it to our superintendent and to the school board for uh, for approval. So that was kind of in, our in, in what situation was this? Is this a New York situation? This is the New York situation. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. So okay. So follow the chain of command. Okay. So we got we got buddy buddy with the principal, right? <laughs> follow the, follow the chain of command. And I mean, now at this point, let's say you get you you get approval from the board superintendent, mm-hmm. whatever. At this point, what? What what is next? Is this, are you pitching it to parents, or are parents just going to go along with you? I definitely would pitch it to parents. So if you've got a big idea, especially like if it's a trip, um, pitch it to parents as soon as you know as many details as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a I had a meeting. I think I got the approval. I got the yes in early August, and I think we had a meeting right after Labor Day. Um, and it was as much information I gave packets and there was, you know, Google slides presentation. And we had about, I think we had about 60 parents, uh, show up with, with their kids. Um, we ended up taking 20 students. So, you know, if a third of those kids that were at that initial meeting go on the trip, that's a pretty, that's a pretty good thing. So yeah, you pitch it to parents with as much information because every parent's going to want to know how much is it going to cost. And I think, um, you know, or if it's not a trip, something like that. Yeah. You got to pitch it to parents in the most positive and like, how is this going to be awesome for my kid kind of way? Um, and in Bolivar, we always ask the, at, at my school, we always say, you know, we're going to do what's best for students. What at the end of the day, what is best for a kid? And so, um, I kind of took that angle a little bit, like, why is this trip so important for your child to take? Um, and there were tons of reasons that we can go into for that, but just the, just the experience alone. So now if it affects their budget, it seems like it's a good idea to, uh, to talk to parents, right? So yes, parents are obviously forking out a lot of money to go to Carnegie hall. Absolutely. And I never spoke to a child, um, about it before the parent meeting. Really? That's good. Said, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause you don't, you don't want to get a kid's hopes up. You don't, you know, I never, I'd certainly never spoke to any kids or any, I only really spoke to my parents, honestly, about it, um, before, 
before I even knew that the that the board was giving me a thumbs up. So your parents, um, I mean, your parents, like as in your your actual parents, like my, my, yeah, my own parents. Yeah. Oh, got you. Okay, okay. And close friends, yeah, and just said, hey, just be thinking about this. We've got this big approval, this big pitch to the board coming up. Just this is kind of what we're. And I again, I had I was able to draw on previous experiences um, because I was I, I taught at a community college before I went to uh, Bolivar, and I took essentially the exact same trip just with middle schools, just mm-hmm. college students before. So I was really, and I, there was a huge learning curve, but even still with this trip, you know, there's, you know, public school does things so much differently than higher ed. So yeah, I didn't mention it at all to kids I or, or to parents. Um, I just, I did say, um, once we got the thumbs up from the board, I said, uh, the show choir at that time, um, show choir is going on a trip to New York and we would like to forever to open it up to, uh, you guys. And this is what we're doing. And there's a parent meeting and I'll answer all the questions then. And then I scrambled (laughs) for about a week and a half to get every sort of detail that I could. Um, so yeah. So you had, you had all the FAQs, the frequently asked questions, uh, ready to go by the parent meeting. Now, yeah, we use tons and tons of technology. I mean, we used Google Drive out the wazoo. I mean, we, you know, I don't know if I can say that, but. <laughs> no, uh, Google's not sponsoring this podcast. I'm not sure okay. if they're ever going to. <laughs> however, however, I'm a Google, I'm a Google <laughs> nut. So that's totally yeah. fine. So, I mean, so you put together a slide presentation or something like that? Oh, yeah. slide okay. presentation and then um, packet for parents also. You know, we used Google Forms excessively for when it when it came time to you know gather information from kids. Um, we also, you know, we also made contacts with news outlets. Um, Bolivar is a very small community, so we were we were really careful to make sure that we we did that actually through the central office. So you just need to figure out what your policy, what your district's policy is for um, organizations with under the umbrella of the district. Uh, reaching outside of the district to news outlets like mm-hmm. uh, you know newspapers and stuff, so you just kind of have to whatever the board policy is. Right. Yeah. Sometimes the, your PR person for the district needs to do that on your behalf and that kind absolutely. of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And they and the company that we were working with sent us a press release, and so of course I sent that on, and um, and then at that point I worked in tandem with my administrator to kind of schedule. Uh, like Kiwanis Club, Rotary, Chamber of Commerce, things like that, where we went and presented. I took, you know, a couple groups of students, uh, or a group of students to kind of go around and present uh, our trip and to see and to kind of see what kind of patronage we could get, what kind of uh, sponsorship we could get. So, okay. So now, all right, that's the New York thing. So we got provide value to to, to principals, um, follow the chain of command, get the necessary approvals, pitch it to parents. Mm-hmm. Then, then what? I mean, are, are are you good at that point? I mean, it, it sounds like you're good at that point. You're you're good at that point. The only the only thing I would say is realize um, that you've probably created a monster. <laughs> I mean, once you once you get this big idea um, across the desk of your principal and then your superintendent, and then you've got parent buy in and you've got kids invested. Um, just realize that it's probably going to be about four times the work than you originally. So step zero is, is you better figure out you want to do this. And because once you sell it, you better damn well follow through. (laughs) No, absolutely. Because I mean, what crazy person other than me wants to take 
20, 13 year olds on a plane, you know, like what crazy person, you know, I mean, and many of those kids had never, you know, had never even been on a plane. So, you know, it was, it, I just decided in my heart, really, honestly, it was a heart thing. I just decided my kids need this experience because I saw how life changing it was, uh, for my former students. And, um, and I just decided that it was the right concert. It was the right conductor. It was the right piece of music. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I just decided from the very beginning, we're doing it. And then, and then it's sink or swim at that point. And I just, you just have to realize that you, you're in it. And, uh, yeah. And it's, it's the best and worst thing I have ever done. <laughs> so, well, congratulations on that. And I'm sure that was yeah. a wonderful learning experience for oh, you. Now, oh, Catherine, yeah. let's just in this for the sake of time, I, I, I like to keep these these particular episodes pretty short. Sure, um, sure. So real quick, how does the these how do these steps change when it comes uh-huh. to a within the school idea like like the piano, starting a piano lab or, or whatever? Sure. Uh, like what, sure. Obviously, there's no parent buy in really necessary. Right. I'm assuming. Well, and may there was a little bit of parent buy-in, but it was more student buy-in. And for me, instituting the piano lab, um, I had to make a schedule change for myself. Like that meant I mentioned lunch duty before, and this is just really practical. That meant that I was going to have to find somebody else who was willing to take that lunch duty, so I could take on another course. Um, so that was just kind of a logistical thing. I had to work with a counselor and with my, you know, the, cause in middle school, the counselor sets the schedule and with my principal and just make sure, Hey, can I, can I add a section of piano and can I turn my music appreciation class into piano lab? Um, so it was kind of a, it was kind of a us working together kind of thing. And then, um, because it was class oriented, again, kind of following the chain of command, our assistant superintendent, uh, is the person who's also over curriculum. Um, so she was actually the one that, um, that I went and chatted with, which was different than the New York situation. So it's just about knowing who has access to what, um, to what thumbs up they can give you. Like, um, I just went to her and I said, Hey, this is, this is my idea. And, uh, this is how much it's going to cost. I did all the research before. And I also had data to back up, you know, of course we know that kids who sit in front of a piano are going to be so much more just, they're just going to shine brighter <laughs> kids who play an instrument. I mean, all the research points to that. We don't even need to quote them, you know? Um, so so I was just, I just said, this is, this is something that I really believe in. And this is something that we eventually want to institute K-12 because we have, we have uh, kind of a mini piano lab at the intermediate school. And so we decided, uh, she, she and I, along with the choral director of the high school, um, we decided to, to do it in a two year phase. So the middle school was first. And then this past year, uh, this present school year, excuse me, uh, the high school got their keyboards. So, um, so yeah, it was, it was a different, it was a different, uh, person that needed to buy in. But I think, uh, I think with the success of the trip and with just general program success, um, I think success begets success and you get, you're able to say yes. Uh, you're able to get a yes more, um, more frequently. So. Awesome. 
Great. Yeah. Well, listen, this has been really wonderful and insightful. Yeah. And, and I know that uh, Choir Nation is able to step up to their podium with purpose just a little more uh, yeah. through this interview today with you, Catherine. So thank you for being my guest on the Find Your Forte podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Thank you for listening to Find Your Forte with Ryan Guth. As always, join Ryan online at www.ryanguth.com for detailed show notes and discussions on every episode. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. Until next time, be amazing.